0: Praise the Lord. God is a good God. Aren't you glad He's good? Especially today, God is good. He's good every day, but what about today? Today, God is good. That was a good word. You know, that that word tastes good in the Spirit. Yum, yum. You know, we can taste God. You know you can taste God in the Spirit if you just allow Him to settle down in you. And the other night we were in, uh, the other afternoon we were in, um, in Jeff's room and for about an hour, the fragrance of the Lord strong, strong fragrance of the Lord was there as we were praying and sitting in the presence of the Lord. Taste and see that the Lord is good and he smells good too. Hallelujah. God is good. We had a good night. How many were not there last night? Where were you? We had a good time. I mean, we, it was off the, it just, you know, the chart was long gone by the time we started. I mean, God just moved in and he was tickling us and pouring out a lot of oil and wine and glory and there was miracles yesterday and healings and uh and god was fixing teeth and uh, one lady got uh, pink filling i mean a big god just fixed her tooth with this pink enamel are you here today she, i know she goes to another church um so she may not be here but it was absolutely marvelous and i said do you like that she goes well yeah and i said well that's why i gave god gave it to you i've never seen pink enamel i mean you got to see this And she's and I knew when I looked at her, I thought of earrings and necklaces because I have a friend that used to do that kind of stuff in that kind of color years ago. And when I I almost asked her and I said, is there something about, you know, creative arts or something? She says, well, I make jewelry. I went, yeah, that's why God gave it to you. So I got put it in there too. Actually, there's a little one here, but she said, I had a hole in that tooth. Like your tooth was messed up. She had a hole in a cavity in the tooth and God fixed it. Now, sometimes he does it with, with white enamel. Sometimes he does it with gold, but he did it with this beautiful pink enamel and about three quarters of the tooth. It was just like a dentist just fixed it except better. Hallelujah. Can you handle that stuff? Cause I like it. I love it. No more hole, this beautiful tooth. Oh, she'll, she'll have that. As long as she's on the earth, she'll have that. That, that ain't going to go away. What a testimony. You know, you want to see a miracle? Ah, miracles in your mouth. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. And the Bible says, open your mouth and I will fill it. And that's how it works. Sometimes in the kingdom. Amen. Yeah. God wants to just loosen us up. You know why? Because he wants to, he, you know how he loosens us up? pours in the oil. That's what oil does. You know, oil loosens things up. You know, if you're, you know, some people are like a creaky hand. you know, get around them. Just get more oil and you won't creak. Just ask God for oil. You know, he pours in the oil and the wine. And some of us need some oil this morning. Some of us are pretty desperate. We're not going to admit it to our wives or, you know, wives to the husband, but we're desperate. And we come here and, you know, on the outside, everything's there. But on the inside, we're like, God, I need a touch today. I'm desperate. And you see, there are people here today that are sitting in the room. You are desperate for a touch of God. And nobody around knows. It's like you're in this whirlpool. And, and you know, you're like, God, I'm, I'm reaching out. And you know, nobody knows. And God knows today. God knows that there's people in the room that are in a whirlpool. And some might even be in a cesspool and you really want to get out. And you see, but God, this morning, there's an anointing to, to get you and pull you out of that. To pull you out of that, of that whirlpool that you're in today. I can sense it in the room. There's a number of people. And you know what? Just, just you know, reach up to Jesus. And it's all about coming up higher. Come up here. Come up higher. Allow the Lord to pull you out of that. Allow, allow him to come up big in you and just rise. The Bible says, rise, shine. It tells you to rise, shine, for your light is coming. The glory of the Lord has come upon you. You know, I, I think that was pretty prophetic, actually, uh, when we were having breakfast today. Um, uh, you know, Jeff had one of those farm fresh eggs and what'd you do? Stick your fork in the thing and the thing blew up. You know, he took a bite of it and it blew, went all over his arm. The yoke just went <laughs> all over his arm. And, uh, and the first thing I thought of is, you know, take, take my yoke upon you. <laughs> really? As soon as, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, he's a prophetic guy. You know, a lot of times wh- when you have a prophetic mantle over you, almost everything you do is prophetic. I mean, you just can't get away from it. You know, and you take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy over. I mean, I mean, easy, and my burden is light. And you know, Jesus is the one that wants to put a yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Don't let man put a yoke on you. You see, I love this church. You know why? I sense the yoke of the Lord, not the yoke of man. And it's everything changes. You see, every, everything changes. The heavenly choir kicked in. Every. Everything changes when God puts his yoke upon you. His yoke is easy. And there's a burden to carry, but it's light. Uh, Hallelujah. Yeah, it's easy and light. How do you get it easy and light? Ask God for oil and wine. It makes everything easy and light. You don't squeak. Hallelujah. Oh, feel that in the atmosphere. It's like it's raining. Oil and wine. Oh, Lord, we want that today. We want the oil. We want the wine. We want the presence. We want your sweet presence that emanates out of you. We want to rise up today in our spirit, man. We want to allow you to rise within us. Let God arise and his enemies will be scattered. So rise up today out of that. Rise up today out of the pit. David said he took me out of a horrible pit. He took me out of a horrible pit. And actually in Psalm 18 it says he comes down, there's thunder, there's lightning. When God comes, and you see God wants to do that for you. He's looking for one person. I mean, anybody, do something for somebody today, Lord, anything for anybody. That'd be good. Amen. Because I like to see God move in church. You know, we have church and, you know, it's just so, and I am going to be finished at 1130. And if you believe that I have some beachfront property in Antarctica that I'd like to sell you after the service. No, no, no. I am going to, and I, and I've asked the pastor, give me the cut sign. And I don't mind that. Because I love being under authority I am a man under authority And I love being under the authority Of men who are under the authority And the yoke of God And you can tell the difference There's a difference between those that are under the yoke of man And put the yoke of man on you And those that are under the yoke of the Lord And allow the Lord to yoke you I like that I like working with ministries who are free And you know that have egg yolk all over their arm I mean that's good. Works good Works for me and so, you know, the Lord is doing that. There's a sifting going on, even this morning. Because Sunday morning, you know, sometimes we try to compare, you know, well, I wish, I wish our uh, Sunday morning could be like the conference. Well, really, it's, it's not about a conference, as Jeff said. You know, really the conference, yeah, I mean, this was a gathering of people. We can, it is a conference in a sense. But what happens is the hearts of the people. This is why God moves. When the hearts of the people respond to Him, He moves. When the hearts of the people rise up to Him. And you see, the... The thing is, part of the rising is limited. If, there's, if it's limited, it's limited by here. But when you talk about a gold tooth or when you talk about a pink tooth, I mean, can you imagine that pink enamel from heaven? I mean, I'm going to share that all over the place, and that'll just stick in people's heads. But it's a good thing because this is what God wants to deal with. And so what he does is because in many people's hearts and minds, especially the minds, there's a block and there's what happens. There's a denominational block or there's an, a, you know, there's a, there's a, a block. And this is the way I see things. And it's, it's, it's your, God wants to get past your doctrine into the reality of the doctrine that you say you believe. Oh. You need to believe right doctrine. You must believe right doctrine and you must preach right doctrine. But it's the reality of the doctrine that God is after. You can stand before God and say, God, here's all my right doctrines. Bam, I believed it all. And he goes, well, so did the devil. Now, what do you got? The devil believes. Did you know that? He, he, the devil believes. He's got all the right doctrine. He knows that the Bible's true. So you got to bring him more than that. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Woo! I like this. This is God going eh and it hurts, but it's good for us. Hallelujah. So God will offend your mind to get to that point in your heart. Are you willing to say, God, I just want to take my one talent and, and, and unbury it because I'm playing it safe here because we don't know about this stuff. I'm going to say, God, I want to multiply this thing because the guy with the one talent, you know what he did? He buried it and he lost that. And the one talent was a real talent. But he played it safe. You don't play it safe in the kingdom. Jesus Christ must be the glory and the lifter of your head. Jesus Christ must be the one that is able to keep you. He was able to keep you from falling. You need to put your faith in him, not in the structure of man. See, a lot of structure of man is set in to keep people from falling. That's not in the Bible. It says he was able to keep you from falling. You must believe that with all of your heart. And if you believe that with all of your heart, he'll keep you from falling. That's the way that it is. Oh, isn't that good? Some of you don't think so, but it, it's, you're thinking too much. Think. You know, drink, don't think this is the way it works in the kingdom. Hallelujah. It's all good. I'm, not, I'm you know what I was going to preach on the, uh, what was I going to preach on? Friendly counsel of God. I was going to preach on that last night too. And I didn't even get, I didn't even get the first scripture. God just poured up the oil and the wine and shoo, ba, boom, ba, da, ba, bam. Okay, good. Where are we? Let's go to Isaiah 54. Hallelujah. Boy, we had fun last night. Can you have it, Can you imagine having fun in the church? And a lot. Of, some people get offended. They go, well, you're not supposed to have fun in the church. And you know what they do? They, they won't have fun in church, but they'll have fun everywhere else but church. And it's not right. They'll have fun everywhere else but church. But in the church, there's no fun. Are you kidding me? But you'll have fun somewhere else. What is that? Have, you know, you can have fun out there. I think we're going to... What are we going to do? Right, this afternoon, I won't even tell them what we're doing. But we're going to have fun this afternoon. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have some fun this afternoon. But I'm going to have some fun here too. Because I have a Heavenly Father. And it's serious fun, but it's still fun. The kingdom of God is like what? Little children. Jesus said, so I can't get over this, so I'm going to keep talking. The children of God, Woo! is like little. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, hallelujah. He said, Jesus said this, I thank you, Father, that you did not re- reveal these things to the wise and prudent, but you revealed them to little children. Did you hear what Jesus said? He does not reveal these things to the wise and the prudent. There are things that you can get through wisdom and through prudence. The Bible says so. But there's things that you can only get if you become as a little child. Jesus said, suffer the little children. The little ones. Now, that you know, the 10 and the 11, 12 year olds are, are welcome. But he's not talking about them in this context. He's talking about the little children. Suffer the little children to come unto me. And he also said, Father, I thank you that you did not reveal these things to the wise and the prudent but you, you revealed them to little children. Oh, my. What must you become? Little children. And you know, the Lord, I mean, right when you think you're going somewhere, God just goes, bam! And he goes, Charlie, I mean, years ago, he said this to me. What do little children like to do more than anything else? Well, they like to study math, trigonometry. No, they don't. They don't know what a mortgage is. What a debt is. You see, little children, what do they like to do more than anything else? Play. They do. (laughs) Jeff, you've got to wait after the service to go outside and play. But you can play in here. But listen. No, no, you know what? Your mind's going to go, well, that's not what he meant. Yes, it is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's what he meant. Our Father, which is in heaven. And what are we to our Father, little children? So, you see... Little children are not afraid to experiment in their father's house. Little children are not afraid to play. And you know what? Most playing, if you watch it, they're mimicking the adults. That's how they learn through playing. You know what? I have a counseling degree. Can you imagine that? I do. I, I went, to, I went to, to college for seven years. You have the friendly counsel of God. You know, here it comes. <laughs> You can imagine I have a counseling degree? I played basketball for four years in college. They gave me a degree. Counseling. Well, praise God. Good. I got a degree. Any basketball players here? None? Okay. They're, they're all where? Plain. Okay, good. Okay. But but no, and you know what? I forgot most of what, what most of what I learned really, because I don't know if I learned a whole lot, but I played a lot of basketball. But I did I did go to college. They did give me a degree, and it's a counseling degree. But I, some of the things that I learned, it's like the rest is a haze. But I learned that children learn most of what they learn. This is how they learn. Through playing. Oh, man. And trying. And you know how a baby learns all its motor skills? By reaching for toys and by reaching for things. And it reaches, and it creates memory through playing, through, through, through seeing, through adventure. You see, through adventure, through playing through wonder you know what you know why i I know this is what the lord told me you see you know why i live in a constant state of revelation because i allow my heart to continually wonder at the things of god a child learns much of what he learns through wondering they don't understand it with their mind because their mind doesn't have the ability to understand but that doesn't stop them from learning and they learn through wondering and they look, and their head doesn't get in the way. And they just move toward it. And then they take it, and then they put it in their mouth. And that doesn't taste good. And then they do this with it. And then they, and then they put it between in their feet. And, they're, and the, they're wondering. But you see, we've lost the art of wondering in the church. Because somebody talked us out of it at some point. And we downloaded our head with a bunch of stuff. And so the wondering has died within us. We have to allow God to resurrect the wondering. God will do signs and wonders. But when he does the wonders, our head goes out. Come on, pink tooth. Come on. But a child would go, a pink tooth. You should have seen the, I mean, you guys were awesome last night. These guys were going haywire, the young people. And God was doing multiplying miracles. Why? Because they were like, wow. Oh, There's a lot of wine here. Might as well take a drink. Might as well take a drink. Yeah, exactly. If I drink too much, I'm, I'm going to flop on the floor like a fish, but that's okay. Cause we had, Jesus doesn't mind that. Oh, yum, yum. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Unless you taste and drink, you'll never see. No, no, unless you drink, you won't see. So be like a little child. They really like to do three things more than anything else. They like to eat. They like to drink and they like to play. And that's about it. And you will do all three, by the way, you'll either do them in the world and with the world, or you do them in church—your choice. But you will eat, you will drink, and men, yes, you will play. And if you don't play, you say, "Well, I don't play." Yes, you do. You sit there and whenever they have their big rugby game with the All Blacks, and you're not playing, but boy, are you watching them! and Oh, headbutt! And you're you're playing through them. Yeah, oh, yeah, you are. Or if you like, you see, we play as men, but we don't admit it because we're men. We're manly men. We like to play. Manly sports. Want a manly sport? Play hockey. No, no, no. You guys, I, I tell you, rugby's a tough sport. Come to Canada. You know, we're we're nice in Canada, except for one thing: hockey. And I've seen many games. Not 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 some games. Many games. I, I visited professional. I just bought my vehicle from a professional hockey player in Canada, and so I visited the, the uh, you know in the back where they change change the room, and then they they brought me into this other room. There's a dentist chair. Yeah. And when you get smacked in the mouth and your tooth breaks up, they just put them in there, pull the rest out, and off you go. And you play, you keep playing. Yeah, yeah, because the hockey puck's hard and so are the sticks. And sometimes the guy likes to go, wham, in the face. And, you know, and you know, I have seen guys not once or twice many times sitting on the bench getting stitched up, five or six stitches, put a band-aid, and up they go in the next shift. None of this soccer stuff. Oh! But, you know, real manly stuff, you know. And when the ref pulls up the card, whoop, he's back in the game, you know. I lost him. I lost you. You see, they they like soccer. No, <laughs> he's an American. We'll uh, shabat Oh, I'm shoot. I, I'm not going to get near this guy. Too much shabat over there. Take another drink. Okay, back to my message. The uh, friendly counsel of God. <laughs> okay, let's go to Isaiah 54. Thank you very much. It was the wave or part of a wave. It was a wave. That was it. Good. When I get back on track, thank you. (laughs) Boy, it's dangerous over there too. Okay. I have about 15 minutes. Sing, O barren, verse 1. You have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. Married woman. Says the Lord, enlarge the place of your tent. This is for you guys, spiritually and as a church. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Strengthen your cords. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, and you shall expand to the right and to the left. To the right and to the left. Not spandex. Expand. Oh, (laughs) expand. That'll do. And you're. And your descendants, listen, will inherit the nations. Wow. From this church. I feel it. It's raining. As soon as I said that, it rained. That was the word. Your descendants will inherit the nations. Yeah. You see, I'm already inheriting some nations. So is my son. He's speaking in another church. Where, you know, I want to inherit nations. Psalm 2. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. I want souls, I want to preach the gospel So that we release the gospel of the glory of Christ Okay, and then it says And make the desolate cities inhabited How would you like to do that? Desolate cities where the gospel is not Releasing the glory of God We preached in Indonesia and this guy was sitting there He took notes for four days I guess about four days All I did was teach on the glory And he just sat there We're talking Indonesia And he just sat and took notes I got an email a month later. He took the notes. He went to a town in Indonesia where there was not one known Christian, about 2,000 people. He stood in the corner and he read the notes. That's all he did. The people saw this big light over his head. And as far as he knows, every person got saved. I had an email from Jedediah. Actually, two emails. Every person, they ran out of people to get saved. And he baptized over 2,000 people in water. This is in Indonesia. By preaching the glory. Inheriting Nations. Because the Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 4, it's the gospel of the glory of Christ. That their minds are blinded. And the enemy has blinded them lest the gospel of the glory of Christ should shine on them. This gospel that we preach should not just be a gospel of words, Paul said, but of power. It's a gospel that shines. The people are in bondage and we're trying to talk them out of it. It doesn't work. It takes the glory, bam, to break it off. It shines on them. It's the gospel of the glory of Christ. Arise, shine, and your light shall come. And then what happens? The Gentiles will come to you because of the rising of the glory of God, the light on you. Your sons and daughters will come from afar. You won't have to talk them into coming to church. They'll run to church. Because when they see the glory, it's what they're looking for. The world is looking for the glory. It is in every man, woman, and child. They know they lost something. And it's in them. And they're looking for But they hate religion because God hates it too. What, what God wants the kingdom. And the glory of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Eleven minutes. You know, I was in, in, I was in uh, Malaysia, eastern Malaysia. And there was a, a wonderful uh, billionaire who, who has these hotels. He's the biggest employer. Of, each, of all of eastern malaysia the biggest employer and this man is a god fanatic he is a revival junkie he loves jesus with all of his heart he hosts us he has a church that he's he's uh, he's given them this section of his hotel and they have a church about 500 people he's got four full-time intercessors that work in his hotel and pray that's all they do is pray four full-time intercessors you know what they do? They every day when 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 they when the all the people are that are checked in, they take the rooms and they pray for every single person in the hotel every day. They anoint everything, and it's a massive unit—eleven hundred rooms, twenty-seven hundred employees. And this—I mean, there's such an anointing. And Every time we go, we have favor with this man. And the and uh, the last time we went, we went in, and he wasn't there. And and I asked the guy, well, he, you know, uh, he, Edward's not here. He said he's coming back tonight. And God said, go back to your room and pray. You're going to meet him tonight. And I'm like, wow, it's almost 11. He said, doesn't matter. So I contacted him. He was flying in from Israel via Thailand. And so they sent him a message that I was there. And he said, can you meet me? I don't care what time. He said, just please meet me. So we met at around one o'clock in the morning. Before I got there, God gave me a word. And he gives me this. You know, God is a God, a few words. <laughs> I should learn. But anyway, we need to learn. And God speaks to me. He gives me one word. Expand. That's it. Out of Isaiah 54. And that was it. And I'm like, and? And he got, God goes, no, just tell them the word expand. That's it. And so I said, you know, expand what? And so he showed me, you know, and I said, God, the guy's already the biggest, you know, he's got more, more, there's the best hotels. The United Nations last year, the United Nations met a special assembly in his hotel. I saw the biggest red carpet I've ever seen in my life. It was about 400 yards. It went like this and it was awesome. He has kings in there and presidents from Slovakia and Malaysia and all over the world that come. And and he has tremendous favor. So I have one word. He's going to expand now. And I'm like, expand? The guy's expanded it up in my mind. And so he comes in. I'm sitting there. And he's so humble. And so wonderful. And so anyway, I'm sitting there. And and I said, listen, I have a word for you. And he goes, yes. I said, it's the word expand. And then I began to tell him for about 20 minutes how he's going to expand. And God was showing me. And this and that and that. And, and he's sitting there. And he doesn't say anything. And he said, after I was done, now, listen, it's the friendly counsel of God. But you got to be his friend. You've got to be his friend to get the friend. That's it. That's my sermon there. You've got to be his friend. Be a friend of God. God spoke to Moses, not like God. God didn't speak to Moses as God spoke to a man. He didn't do that because he doesn't want to do that. He wants to speak to you as a man spoke, speaks to his friend, not as God speaks to you. But most of us, our religious mind goes, Ew. we can't handle it. But the Bible says that God spoke to Moses as a man speaks to his friend. It's the friendly counsel of God. It goes beyond the gifts. It goes beyond all that stuff. It goes walking with God as a friend. Walking with Him as a friend. Only doing what you see your Father doing. I had one word, but I was obedient. I said, expand. And then he said this, Charlie. He said, for the last month, he said, one month ago, God spoke to me. One word. I have been traveling. I went to Malaysia, sat with among the prophets. I went to Israel for two weeks, sat among the prophets. He was going to be like Nebuchadnezzar. He wasn't going to share his dream. You're going to have to tell him what his dream was and then interpret it. And and he said, I wasn't going to tell anybody. And he says, I was coming back and I was disappointed. And I got the the message, you were coming. This is for the glory of God. But you see, the reason why God spoke to me, because I want to know him as a friend. He's my best friend, but I want to be his best friend. I don't just want to be a friend of God. God doesn't want you to just, oh, just be one of six billion. No, no. You should desire to be his best friend. His best friend, like John. John leaned on the breast of Jesus. And when the other disciples didn't understand what Jesus said, they'd go, hey, John, what's he saying? And John would go, okay, because he was a friend. And so he said, God has spoken to me. And he said, God spoke to me in one word. You know what the word was? Expand. That one word, that was it. And God had told him. I want you to expand and I want you to build this great big piece of property, $100 million. Well, actually, this is, this is actually six months ago was there. We were back there a couple of months and we dedicated the new $100 million expansion. The beginning, he put in all the, all the, what do you call the pile the pilings and all that. And we went out there, poured oil and the whole thing with a couple of pastors and dedicated $100 million. How'd you like to have a hundred million dollar word? God will give it to you. No, God will give it to you. You. Oh yes. There's friends in the room. No, there's friends in the room. There's friends of God in the room. You know what I mean by a hundred million dollar word, but you see, God will trust his friends. This is what the Bible says. This is love that a man lays down his life for for his friend. For his friend. For his friend. For his friend. And you know what I learned from working in the public school, my, the school I worked in for seven years, all the dropouts. I mean, these guys were fighters, drug de- former drug dealers, some, some current drug de- and they'd come to the school. And every year we lost one or two. The other got shot, stabbed, killed in a fight or something. And many, I was so impressed and so was God with these guys. I remember this one guy that was in our school. His friend got, got, um, got swarmed and was being beaten on, and he ran in to help him. He got stabbed and he died. And, and you know what Jesus said to me? That's love. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, You you must be talking about righteous men laying. No, he said, I didn't say that. I said, this is love that a man lays down his life for his friend. And if you're willing to do it for God as a friend, he'll do it for you. I mean, he'll stand in between you. You watch, you look at Moses really quickly. Let's go to the book of Numbers and I'm going to finish there. Listen, I'm doing good. I have Canadian time, 25 after, but you know what? I'm under authority. And so I'm going to come under that. Hopefully. Yes. Let's go to Numbers real quick. You see, numbers what? I don't know. I'll find out when I get there. There we go. Deception of Aaron and Miriam. Here's what happened. Okay, I'll just quickly quickly go down. Miriam Mar, uh, and Aaron, they start bad mouth, really talking to Moses and say, you know, you, you're not the only guy that hears from God. Have you ever heard that before? Don't send any of those emails and notes to your pastor. Well, you're not the only one. You know, what is that? That's flaky. You know, you see, they did that. Didn't email him, but they, they said, you know what? We hear from God too. And you know what? God came down. You do not read many times in the Bible where God himself comes down, bam, and there's God. And you know what? I don't think Miriam and Aaron were too happy about it. He came down in a fire and he separated. He said, Miriam, Aaron, come over here. And he said this, hear now my words, verse 6. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Listen, that's why that's how I want to know God. I want to know him face to face. You can know him face to face. Yes, you need your doctrines. You need to understand the word. It's all in the word. But unless the word, the water is turned into wine, you don't have a relativity. You won't be relative to the world or to God. You see, he'll love you, but he wants to talk to you as a man talks to his friend. You know what? We call Moses a prophet. God is saying he ain't a prophet. He's my friend. How dare you come and talk to my friend like that? And God came down. You won't have to defend yourself when you learn to know God. God will come and defend you. You will not have to defend yourself. David said, the Lord is my shield. He's my rock. He's my fortress, my God in whom I take refuge. Why? He had a heart after God. God said, he's a man after my own heart. He was a friend. God is looking for friends. You know, my son is my son, but he just turned 21. And for the last number of years, he's already been my friend. He's my son, but he's my friend. Sons who are real sons and dads who are real dads will be friends. There'll be an unbreakable bond of friendship. Sonship leads to friendship. It does because he makes his own decision. He's got his own condo and he's got his own Mustang, which used to be mine. I can't tell him, you know what to do. He's got it, but listen, he's a friend and you know, he's a friend of God. He spends time with God. He just lays out before God every day. I want to be a friend of God. Let's stand up. Oh, hallelujah. If you want to expand, if you want to have God speak to you, it's important to understand the gifts of the spirit because the gifts of the spirit and, and, the, and the fivefold ministry are leading you to do something. And it's for the works of ministry. But you see, it's not only ministry. It's not only the priesthood. Listen, we put everything into the priesthood. Yeah, the worship team, if you want to come up, please. We've thrown everything into the priesthood, like 99% and said, well, that's the church. It's not the church. It's the priesthood of the church. And then there's kingship and dominion. Yes, but there's sonship and friendship with God. There's sonship and friendship with God. Because I'll tell you something. A judge who sits when he's judging has his robes on and the gavel and he's here he comes and he's working under that law. But when a judge has finished his eight hours, he takes the robe off and he's a father. He's a husband. He goes golfing or if he's really anointed, he plays hockey on the weekend. Father, we thank you. The friendly counsel of God is over this church. I didn't have to preach on it here. The friendly counsel of God is over the church because you guys want to be friends with God. In the truest sense, friends. Why? Because the, the heart of God has captured you and you want to be a friend of God. It is your highest calling forever and ever. And never, there will be no higher calling. There will, be, there is no higher calling. No, there is isn't Can you imagine being a friend? It is sonship. Yes, I mean son, but it's in that sonship it is a friendship, and there is no stronger bond because this is love that a man lays down his life for his friend. You know what? Jesus is calling us friends. The Bible called him the friend of sinners. Why? Because before, listen, before we were even saved, Jesus died for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. This is love that a man lays down his life for his friends. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why would he die for us? Because he knew and he desired to make friends. Don't desire so much for ministry. It's good, the Bible says, if you desire to be an elder. But more than that, desire to be a friend of God first. And you'll make a real good elder. Because he who wants friends must learn how to be friendly. Hallelujah. So Father, let the friendly counsel, the friendly counsel of God come. Let it rest. It's over the tent. And now let it rain down and drip down upon the people. God, that there might be a loosening of of the nuts and the bolts. And Lord God, that there would be a loosening. The oil would come. And it would loosen up all the tight thinking. All the things that separate people from reality. All the things that stop people from coming into freedom. And Lord, we thank you for your friendship with us more than anything else. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen, amen.